Hi, I'm Ryan Barnes. And I'm Anakin Barnes. This is the Barnes Boys Podcast. We're both big movie fans. And we're both actors. We watch movies through different lenses. You see, my dad grew up in the 80s in a very conservative environment in California. While my son here goes to high school at a fine art school in liberal British Columbia. Each week we watch a different movie. And discuss it through the different perspectives we bring to the table. Since I've been born, CGI and quick cuts were the norm. Well, all we had were practical effects and converted theater actors. So sit back, relax, grab some popcorn, and enjoy the show. Alright, so today we're looking at Clue, made in 1985, with the cast of Eileen Brennan, Tim Curley, Madeline Kahn, uh, Christopher Lloyd, Michael McKean, Martin Hall, Leslie Ann Warren, and Colleen Camp. Directed by Jonathan Lynn. Before you move on to that, I just want to clarify for our dear listeners that it is Tim Curry, not Tim Curley, as my co-host here previously stated. Sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we have a little synopsis here. Six guests are mm, (laughs) anonymously invited to a strange mansion for dinner. But but after their host is killed, they must cooperate with the staff to identify the murderer as the bodies pile up. So we've got a little bit of trivia again for for this one. Mm -hmm. So three endings for this movie were shot, and there was a different one shown at at each theater. So when the studio sent it out to the different theaters, they're sending with different endings. Mm -hmm. And so if you were to see this in Milwaukee, for instance... um, and you were to talk about this movie and how it ended to your to your friend in Seattle, they would have no idea what you're talking about because right. they've seen t- they probably saw two different movies. Yeah. Um, it wasn't until the DVD was released, which so because this movie was 1985, mm-hmm. it, it was it was at least ten years later for the DVD uh, to come out. I don't know when the DVD first released, but it didn't come out until the 90s. Right. So m- most people didn't know that there were multiple endings. <laughs> um, but it wasn't until the DVD came out with the three endings that people were able to see all of them. Um, and the DVD also, DVD also had this cool option that um, that allow, allowed you to choose random ending, and so you didn't know how it was going to end. Mm, that's, so that's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, so... Something that uh, that I found interesting, and I know you glanced ahead and you saw this a minute ago, mm-hmm. uh, that in according, according to an interview with the writer and director, Jonathan Lynn, af- after, uh, let's see, oh, I'm sorry. The way I, the way I paused there was really right. awkward. That was weird. <laughs> according to an interview with writer and director, Jonathan Lynn, after a screening on the 25th anniversary of this movie's release, um, I, again, I pause weird. Anyway, let's skip to it. Yep. Carrie, Carrie Fisher was originally cast to play Miss Scarlet until she ended up in rehab for a drug addiction four days before filming started. Oh. So, yeah. Oops. Um, yeah. Let's it's see. an actor's life. Yeah, it, it happens a lot. And that was on mm. Police Academy on our last episode. We, we had a, a, a little substance problem where the person driving the car um, was passed out drunk, so the driver right. had to drive the drive the car. Mm-hmm. Also, um, let's see. Oh, this one. I thought this one was funny. Uh, Professor Plum indicates at dinner that he works for the World Health Organization, part of the United Nations organization. The way that he phrased it like that, it means if you use the uh, use the letters for the acronyms, it spells out he works for you know who. U n o w h o. So. I read that as Uno Who. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So that's that's kind of funny. It's, it's one of the many clever things in this movie. Yeah, this, I found this movie to be very clever in mm-hmm. many ways. Oh yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, this part was kind of cool. And ex- in an example of attention to detail, the secret passages in this movie lead to the same rooms they do in the board game. So the kitchen leads to the study, and the conservatory leads to the lounge, just like in the game when you take mm-hmm. the, take the little back passages. Right. Um, also, really interesting, this is the first movie based on a board game ever. Mm. So that's, uh, that was something that started a little trend. And a lot of movies that, that have done that, haven't done well, like mm-hmm. uh, Jumanji. Um, well, the first Jumanji was really good. I'm sorry, no, 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 no. I excuse me. Jumanji was was Robin Williams. Y- yes, it was. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> but uh, Jumanji was a uh, a fantasy game. Like the game didn't exist, right? So it, that wasn't real. But like Battleship, Battleship was. When you saw the movie Battleship, you were young, and it was an action movie, and so it was the best movie ever. Yeah, of course, of course. But as somebody who's a little bit older, if you were to go back and see it with more more practiced eyes now, mm-hmm. you'd be like, "Oh my gosh, this movie is so so awful." Mm. But um, but movies based on games and and even like video games, movies based on video games usually do not do really well. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's uh, that is it for my trivia. I want to take a quick break, and then uh, we're going to get into our new section here: impressions and memories. Mm-hmm. So one of the best parts about having somebody in the studio audience like this is you're, we're playing these sound clips that. You and I hear through right. the headphones. However, the other person here just is watching us dance to no music whatsoever. Exactly. Yeah. But you have to dance with that because mm-hmm. because it, it's it is that that New Yorky Saturday Night Live jazzy yeah, feel course. to it. So uh, tonight we have, or today, or depending on when you're watching this, uh, mid morning, I guess. Listening to this? <laughs> this is an audio podcast. This is an audio podcast. <laughs> I'm going to uh, watch a black screen for that's right. an hour. That's right, like blind people do. Um, <laughs> so this is our new section, Impressions and Memories, where we're going to talk about the first impressions that we've had. So some of these movies will be Anakin's first time seeing it. Some of them will be my first time seeing it. Um, some of them we've seen before, and uh, whatever impressions that we remember having the first time we saw them were memories that we have watching this movie um, as far back as we can remember. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to start off with my, my first time seeing this. I don't remember. I don't really don't remember how old I was. It was 1985. It came out when I was nine years old. Um, and I, I think we've just been shot there. <laughs> Is that your notebook? Yeah. I okay. Um, it, I didn't see it in the theater when it was when it came out, um, but I remember when I was younger, I was really, um, I really got thrown like um, like any sort of murder mystery kind of mm-hmm. kind of thing uh, was a little scary to me. Um, hmm. Like, uh, do you remember the the movie Private Eyes? We've we've seen that. Oh, such a good movie. That is that is a really good movie. Maybe we'll maybe we'll do that one again. Uh, do that one in the podcast at some point. But uh, but it, it had that similar vein. It was a comedy uh, about a murder mystery. Right. And but um, 
but as a as a kid, I didn't get all the jokes, but I knew mm-hmm. that that it was tense and there was a murder and it made it scary for me. There was this TV show um, back in the eighties called Laverne and Shirley, and um, and it was it was really it was a funny it was a lighthearted TV show. But there was this one episode where they were on a train and there was a murder, and that that episode I was so scared watching that as as a little kid <laughs> uh, because because of the murderer. Um, but I remember being a kid and some of these, some of the jokes in here, um, were funny, uh, whenever, whenever it was that I saw it, but some of the jokes were funny to me, but there was also that, that little bit of fear that I had from, um, from the murder part of this, of this movie. Right. And that's, uh, that's really all that I, that, that I remember. It is an old movie. It, mm-hmm. it, we are having to look back quite a bit, yeah. uh, but those, those are my memories and my my impressions of it. So what do you got here for that? Yeah, I can barely remember those days when it came out. Um, <laughs> um, <clears throat> I, I've seen this quite, quite a few times. Um, as we watch it again and again and again, um, I start to catch more of the jokes and mm-hmm. realize how, how clever and how smart this movie is. Mm-hmm. Um, just the way it's laid out. Um, but yeah, but like you were saying, when I first watched it, I just thought it was a murder mystery. I didn't think any part of it was funny. Sure. I just thought it was a really cool movie. Um, I I wasn't necessarily scared, but it was it was a good movie to me. Um, then I watched it again, got some of the got some of the jokes, more um, more of the physicality, the facial expressions, and all of that because um, because as you grow up, you tend to find your sense of humor. And one of the first things you find is funny is like body movements, physicality, facial expressions. And then it wasn't until this time where every joke landed to me Mm -hmm. and it it was just really funny. And I didn't realize how clever this movie was. Oh, very much so. And you're talking about physicality. Um, And you, you recently, you recently did a whole semester on physical, uh, physical movement or physical comedy or uh, physical acting. Yes. That um, about two years ago, actually Um, we did a whole, whole class of it. And we, we learn a lot, uh, learned a lot about it. And we, some of the ways that we studied it was look at some of the SNL skits with, um, some Will Ferrell's the the cheerleading okay. skit that sure. he did, which was um, had a lot of physicality in it, and we also studied a lot of Jim Carrey's stuff. Okay, you would probably, if you're looking at SNL, then you would probably do Chris Farley as well, who was um, he was the bigger guy, um, but all of his stuff was physical, and he was a mm. big SNL. So okay, so maybe not. All maybe, right, no, that's surprising, but. But yeah, you're right. No, they, uh, Jim Carrey and actually it was loud. Uh, Jim Carrey as an, as a serious actor, I love him as a comedic actor with, with the, the physical comedy that he does. I mm-hmm. can't stand it. Really? It just, it drives me bonkers. I, I think it's so, so lowbrow and, and it doesn't cater to, to, um, I guess more, more thoughtful comedy. Like, right. Um, because I, I just I fell in love with British comedy as as a mm-hmm. young as a young kid, and um, and the jokes there were were subtle. Like you, you don't 
the punchlines were were implied. Yeah, they, they were never stated. They were implied. The, the and subtle, dry comedy, mm-hmm. witty humor. Exactly, exactly. And you grew up on that too. Yeah, uh, with with Mr. Bean and Monty Python and Falsy yeah. Towers and things like that. And so, um, so the the physicality, the the physical comedy of Jim Carrey just just doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, however, the physical nature of of clue in and in this movie because you're uh what you're what we're also talking about and something that you did in your class were were the micro expressions just Mm -hmm. seeing without without the the over exaggerated movements um watching their facial expressions change watch watching the the slight movements that that tell a story by how somebody scoots away from someone else or 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 just moves their hands quickly off of something that like a, Ooh, a body and move their heads off of something. And, and, um, and it's, it's really, it's really great. This, this cast, I know we're going to talk about the cast in a little bit, Mm -hmm. but they're all, um, they're all, as, as we talked about in the introduction, these are all theater actors, trained theater actors and not, and not just a group of people who got, discovered because they were waiting tables at the right restaurant in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So, so you, you do have a different style and it, and it's, it comes out very uniquely. In this. Right. Um, another thing, uh, that I kind of want to point out with the theater acting is the difference between theater acting and film is so big with the way you do your movements because, mm-hmm. um, uh, last year we did a film unit, because our like in drama class, because our drama teacher was also the film teacher, and it's two very different, um, like types of acting when it comes to physicality. Sure. With the with stage, you you have to um, exaggerate every movement that you do, mm-hmm. even if it's a small subtle movement. You still have to exaggerate it. Right. With film, you don't have to do that because the camera's focused right there, but. Um, the, uh, something that I noticed about this movie is that it didn't have many close-ups, so it allowed it allowed the actors to still do that very exaggerated stage movement. If we saw the wildebeest in its natural form. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> excellent. All right, well, that's uh, that. I believe ends our impressions and memories. So uh, we're gonna take a quick break, and then we're gonna go back. And we're gonna go into our. Um, what do we call it? Viewpoints. Viewpoints. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back. All right. So now uh, we're in our viewpoints section. And so let's start off the movie. Yeah. Uh, first thing I noticed mm-hmm. is that uh, that the opening score, the for the score, the opening song, Opening right. sequ- opening credits uh, sounds very much like Danny Elfman. Um, it's not, um, which is which is interesting. It's actually the composer is John Morris, but um, but it's very similar sound to Beetlejuice and mm-hmm. Pee Wee Herman and um, and all of those other fun Danny Elfman, Edward Tizerhands. Oh, Pee Wee Herman. Forgot about Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> How can you forget? <laughs> oh, he gave me nightmares. Right. <laughs> um, another thing I noticed about like the opening credits mm-hmm. and everything. Um, All star cast. Yes, yes. I'm glad that that you caught that. Um, there, 
very, very few of them are any actors that you would have seen that you would have seen in anything else. But at the time they were all very well known Mm -hmm. uh, comedic actors. I, I haven't seen most of them besides Tim Curry and um, (laughs) Tim Curly, Curly (laughs) and Christopher Lloyd. But I just caught on that since they were to get, they were able to get those two big actors that they the others are probably big actors as well. Yes. Um, the gosh, I don't remember. I don't remember their names. So you had one that was big from SNL. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, actually, all of them did did a lot of improv, did a lot of uh, comedy movies before. But uh, Miss uh, White was from SNL. Um, Mister Green, he was he was actually on Laverne and Shirley. Uh, you've seen him in Empire Records, I think, as well. As, oh, okay. Um, as well as, um, oh, you never saw you never saw um, Spinal Tap, but he no. was in Spinal Tap as well. But anyway, yes, uh, yes, an all star cast, and yeah. and, uh, and they played they played together really well. Mm-hmm. So this uh, this movie, as we know, was made made from Parker. Parker Brothers board game. I just got to give credit out to yep. the manufacturer here, um, and it and it takes place in 1954 New England. So, um, for those of you who aren't in the states, New England isn't a state; um, <laughs> it's an area of states. Very good. I found that out about three weeks ago <laughs> when I was watching Friends and. They, um, Ross was doing that, um, the, that game that Chandler made was like name all 50 States. Mm -hmm. And he says, new England's not a state. I didn't know that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's more of an area. Right. Than a a state. I know that now. So, and actually I've got something a little bit later to talk about, uh, with, with that area too, Mm -hmm. but that's where your, that's where your Boston meant, uh, clam chowder is and your Plymouth rock and, and all that. That's all up in New England, Maine, lobsters. Yeah, um, but then there's Boston clam chowder, New England clam chowder. Isn't that the weirdest thing? It because is. Because Boston's in, in New England. In clam chowder? In clam chowder. <laughs> yes, it is. This clam chowder tastes a little Boston-y today. <laughs> so, um, so uh, just at the beginning here, we, we see... Uh, we see a very standard thing of Amy of eighties comedies <laughs> that if you're going to have an, a maid in an eighties comedy, she's going to have a very specific maid uniform mm-hmm. and it's going to be low cut and it's going to show off her big assets. Right. So that's a, that's a fun, that's a fun staple of eighties comedies when there's a maid there. Um, See, I had wrote, written something about the actors too, but you had already mentioned that. Mm-hmm. Uh, one other thing that uh, that I wanted to—I I actually don't know where your notes start, but um, but I put a note on here that Hill House. Uh, did you catch that? That the name of the house that they're at is in—it's called Hill House because it's on a hill. Yes, but that name is used in other movies: the House hmm. on Haunted Hill, and like I forget which which other ones because I, I watched a lot of stupid uh, not so much horror movies like mm-hmm. like if you were to consider final destination whatever genre that that's in right. but uh but the um the name hill house is is used often as, right. as to denote a something spooky and mysterious is going to happen right. 
um, kind of going along with that, um, with the opening of this movie, uh, the the music, the tone, the lighting, and every everything, this sets it up to be a sc- uh, a scary movie or a thriller, but it turns out to be more of a comedy thriller type thing. Right, right. Um, yeah. It. Um, another thing I have is watching this as a kid. I thought it, this was all like with the people and how everything lines up. This is all. It seems like a big coincidence, but. Um, as I got older, it seems more planned out that they're all there. <laughs> it's it's like they put these in place to make the plot of the movie happen. <laughs> right, but it's also, it, it reminded me of like playing a, a murder mystery game. Okay. Like those um, interactive murder mystery games. Um, uh, like you have people over, this is your, this is your alias, this is your... Who you're right, um, right. So, it, it, a little—I don't know how to phrase it—but like an idea that popped into my head is that this could just be a, a a guy who's sick and twisted and decided to do a murder mystery, host a murder mystery game, but it went terribly wrong. Wait. So to clarify, what you're saying is clue the movie. Um, based off makes, of the makes you makes you feel like it's some sort of mystery murder mystery who done it kind of scenario where you're having to figure out who's doing what with what and by what and which room yeah <laughs> <laughs> huh that's weird <laughs> yeah um so um so some of the things I, where our time period is 1954 but when and how the movie was made, then that kind of that kind of dates this movie a little bit. Um, the first thing that I noticed was Christopher Lloyd's character, P- Professor Plum. Mm-hmm. Um, like right at the beginning, he he grabs Miss Scarlet's butt, mm-hmm. and and in the eighties, that sexual harassment was so normal that it could be just played off as comedy all the time, and mm-hmm. that's just. Um, like if if you were if you were a woman, that's just part of being a woman, and right. it is to is to have that have that happen to you. Which, um, you know, we we talk about on this podcast a lot how how we're as a society and the culture we're not perfect and we're constantly progressing. Mm-hmm. And just thinking about that in in with today's eyes and to the lenses of 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 the now, looking mm-hmm. back to that, it just it seems so. Um, so cavemanish, right? I guess. Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really catch that part of it. Um, I, I guess I was just in my back of my mind. I knew this was older, and I knew that it was like okay for that time, so mm-hmm. it didn't really like go past me. And like you said, it could be played off as comedy, and that's exactly how I saw it. Sure. So that. Although it's like it's not okay to do that anymore, it they did their job to play it off as comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. the The other thing that I noticed from dated from the time is uh, Mrs. Peacock's husband was 
he was a politician and and, mm-hmm. and air quotes for for those listeners at home. He was a politician. It was a, a generic term. Um, it holds a lot of weight and a lot of mystery to it. So back in the eighties, got to remember this is pre internet. Right. Um, we people had limited access to to media. They they had the the nightly news mm-hmm. and they had the newspaper that that came, but they didn't have the instant access. Didn't have the the overwhelming amount of information that we have right. these days, um, and so if if you were living in in Podunk, Mississippi, for instance, mm-hmm. um, somebody was a politician. Well, that that just that's unfathomable. There there's just so much more, so many important things that this person does in, in your head, and mm-hmm. and you can't wrap your head around it. And so so you could just say that um, if you're away from Washington or somebody that or away from an area that's not a political area, mm-hmm. just say I'm a politician, then then that that carries this this weight and this level of importance there. Right. So I, I just I thought that was interesting because I remember feeling like that. If somebody was a lawyer or a politician right. or a doctor, then then well, there's this template in my head of of what this person is. And and although I didn't know what any of those job functions would be. Mm-hmm. It's just, well, this is what this person must be like because he's a politician. So important. Yeah, and exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so, and so she makes a big deal of it, of it because that's what the, t- that's how it was then is right. a politician. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, um, um, Oh, the other thing I wrote about that was, um, with, with that limited access to information, it, it allowed in in movies in a lot of different movies more ambiguous titles and roles to to mm-hmm. just let the plot move um, without having to dwell on what they do in politics, whether a lobbyist or you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um, I don't really have uh, my next couple of notes are a bit more into the movie okay through the plot yeah well okay i'll catch us up and then you can Mm -hmm. stop me when we get there yep so one of the other things uh first thing miss scarlet sits down when they're when they're in the when they're in the study i think and lights up a cigarette and somebody else smokes and and that and again we've talked about this Mm -hmm. uh on the last episode in with police academy but but just the the normalcy of sitting in some a stranger's house and smoking was right. was just part of it and and um and even even in the in the south i mean pretty recently after dinner you would have brandy and cigars right uh, and that's normal but for us in now 2020 2021 yeah uh, 2021 2021 they, it won bad it got us um but uh, but now just the thought of of somebody coming over and lighting up a cigarette in your house without without mm-hmm. asking um, is just it just blows the minds. Like who do you think you are? Right. Um, well, I I thought I did catch somebody saying mind if I smoke or something like that. She did. She was mind, she was asking that to another guest, not the owner of the house or oh. or the butler who's in charge of the house who's asking right. that to the person sitting next to her. So, um, so let's see the, uh, the next note I have is, 
I, I've seen this move. It's just, I wrote down, I'm laughing. It's still funny, even though I've seen this multiple times. Mm-hmm. I've seen the mo- this movie so many times and it's still hilarious to mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Um, there's, you, you said that you were, you were catching more and more and, and right. I feel like that too. And even, even the jokes that I've seen, even the jokes I've caught before are still hilarious to me. Right. But I, I, the more I watch it, the more I catch all these little uh, subtle pieces because right. it's, it's infused with them. It's just, it's the makeup of this movie is, right. is the subtle, the subtle humor that underlays the, the large physical humor. Right. That's a, um, like we were saying earlier, another thing um, that uh, British comedy gives us mm-hmm. um, was the subtleties. Yes. Yep. Yes. Um, Let's see. I'm having trouble reading my. Normally, I type up my notes beforehand, and I didn't have time because we just watched this yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, there we go. Green, Mister Green had he'd said he would lose security clearance and lose his job at the State Department if it was found out that he was homosexual. Right. So that was a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, even even as far back when I was in the army. Um, they had what's what was called don't ask, don't tell. You couldn't mm-hmm. work for the government as a homosexual, right? Um, and um, so that that's changed quite a bit. There's, uh, I think it was 2015. We, we heard it on the on the Office Ladies podcast, so where they were talking about how gay marriage uh, just became a a thing across the U.S. in 2016, 2015. It was very right. very yeah. recent. Um, so just how far how far as a culture we've come in, in in this little amount of time since since 1985 and again it, it was referencing 1954 but mm-hmm. but uh but I was in the army in, two, in 2000s and it wasn't right. much different then. Mm-hmm. So um <laughs> one of the funny lines that that I thought especially now being here in Canada is um is I forgot one of them said I think it was Oh, I don't remember. One of them was being blackmailed because they had friends who were, and then wait for it, socialists. And then, <laughs> and then the whole room gasps. It was, it's hilarious. So, so uh, socialism now. I mean, you 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 live in Canada, and so and so your opinion, your your viewpoint, I guess, on what a socialist government is is a little bit different because. In the '80s, socialism was still heavily associated with uh, Marxism. Um, the 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 part of Russia that the U.S. went to Cold War with, oh, the, okay. which which became the communism, which led to communism. Um, yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, going into to uh, politics here, but that that's part of that history. I'm just trying to remember all of my history classes and trying to put phrasings to events and stuff. Right. Um, but it was, it was a funny line because it was funnier now because we live in the socialist, uh, country that, uh, there's, Oh my gosh, it's socialist. <laughs> yeah. Um, so kind of moving into, um, dead bodies found and, okay. Um, they decide to split up after uh, after they find the cook the cook dead. Um, the what I thought was really good 
kind of a very good comedic aspect of it was the paranoia throughout the groups of two. Um, it builds suspense between them, and it shows how high high stakes of a situation that they're in because mm-hmm. they're all they're all suspects of murder, and now they're breaking off into groups of two, right? Where the other ones like. I'm left alone with a possible murder, and then it's back yeah. and forth, and it and it create it creates really good suspense, and it's quite funny, right? Um, thanks. Um, so, a lot of a lot of times when I watch movies um, again or new movies, I look at the uh, director's choices and a lot of like styles and uh, camera tricks and all of that. I look at a lot of that when I watch new stuff, and I think that's something that was done very well. Yes. Yes, it was. And even how they pointed that out, too, mm-hmm. when they said, uh, we're, there's, well, if we're in groups of twos, well, one of us is going to be with the killer, and what if he kills us? And then we'll know who it is. <laughs> well, they'll, so, they'll know who it's not. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, and then... Later on, uh, like soon after that, um, they find a couple more dead bodies. They're completely unfazed by it. They're like, <sighs> another dead body. Yeah, makes sense. I remember when we were wa- when we were watching this yesterday. You and I both were cracking up at that same thing. When with with the new dead body, they walk in, they see the new Betty dead body. They just don't say anything and turn around and walk out the window. Yeah. And I think this this is quite dark of me to say but i think i would be too at that point <laughs> after seeing two dead bodies it's like another one well i what mean what can you do yeah i mean that's 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 actually how we started approaching the end of, at towards the end of 2020 it's like mm-hmm. oh great one more one more thing it's like oh the virus <sighs> mutated oh yeah, well of course yeah <laughs> another fire in our house so <laughs> so um so backing up just a little bit i wanted to i wanted to mention um the, the guy that came to the door because his car broke down. Mm-hmm. So he, he, somebody comes to the door, says, um, can I, um, can I use your phone? My car broke down. And that was very normal of the time, mm-hmm. uh, because people didn't have cell phones. If you're, if your car broke down, then, right. then you're stuck. And on one hand, that was, that was a way that somebody got access to your home if they wanted to rob you or, or hurt you or whatever, right. because that was common. Uh, on the other hand, you were you were a very rude person. You weren't a good Christian or, or whatever. <laughs> if uh, if you didn't let them in, and and it's not so much let them in to use the phone. It, it's it's at that point you host them. Uh, right. You, you you put out some. Uh, you heat up some tea and mm-hmm. and put out some snacks for them, and you you take care of them until they can they can get themselves situated. Right. Uh, call them a cab. Call them a tow truck or whatever. Um, so that's why they use one of the. That's why they had one of the lines. If we throw them out in this weather, it'll be suspicious, because you were expected to be yeah. a host. Um, and, and it's very different. Like, um, like was it last year, year before, we were having a party at our house, and and that girl showed up at, at right. our house and knocking knocking on the door, even though there's all kinds of people at our house. She knocks knocking on our door, and she was she was lost. And we lived we lived out in the country at the time, so it was just weird. And, mm-hmm. and for for us, we were, we let her in because she was she was obviously on something, yeah. and and she just needed to be 
needed to be off of the street. So mm-hmm. we, we brought her in to take care of her and all that. But, but it, it felt really awkward. Like, oh, is, is this, is this hundred pound girl going to murder us all? <laughs> <laughs> because of that paranoia that that's happened over the years. Yeah. It's like Jaws told you to not go in the water. Clue not told you not to let anybody in. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so the, I've got the last note here. Um, about the time period and about a guest that showed up at the door, which was the black officer in 1954, New England. Now I caught that. That is very, very unlikely and an interesting choice for the director. Yeah. Um, I, I did, I did catch that, um, being like knowing the time it's supposed to be in, um, is 1954 black police officer that wouldn't have happened at all. Right. Because the Civil Rights Act, all of that stuff changed in the 60s. Yes. So in 1954, if there was a any black man who showed up at the door, likelihood they would have just pushed him away. Right. And and the um although although New England is in the north, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's it's as north as you can be. Um it's also as white as you can be. Right. Um, that's that's where that's where snowflakes go and say, "Man, you guys are white." So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then going along with uh, what you said about uh, director's choice, because this was made post civil rights um, act. Yes. So the. It almost seemed like uh, like a token there, uh, the token black person, um, who's it was not more like a no, yeah. Uh, I, I understand your point uh, with that, but it's interesting. Now that you mention it, it's, it's interesting uh, thinking back on it. I don't think I don't think there was any anything comedic played off of his skin color, so they, no. it wasn't used as a joke at all. Right, um, it was just. This is this is what it is, mm-hmm. um, and it had because he's he was the only black person in the cast. Right. Um, it was, I I wouldn't say intentional so much as it would have been noticed. It would you know, as as they were filming, it's like oh wait one of one of these people is different, mm-hmm. and um, and they went ahead with that anyway. So hey, I think it's more progressive than than anything else. Right. Um, it, it was a very progressive choice, um, which. Some could argue it, um, as long as that's doing that, the time frame doesn't really matter, um, which I don't want to get too stuck on time frame and being very um, accurate with that mm-hmm. because it didn't really change sure. the movie whether the guy was black or not. Yeah, no, and, and I'm, let me clarify. I don't, I don't mean progressive as in it was progressive to, to hire a or, or to choose a black person mm-hmm. for that, it was progressive to ignore that and and right and I see what you mean. Not consider any relevance to mm-hmm. that and just say you're just a person, uh, an actor who's going to do the job that we want. Right. Um, so I found that really interesting. Yeah. Um, that's that's all the notes I had from plot line uh, mm-hmm. for the plot. I did I did write down and. Excuse me. I did write down and um, 
and just thought of how much fun that would have been to film. Right. That would have been such a stinking blast, especially, especially the ending where they where everybody's running around like crazy and they, and they had to do that multiple times for, right. for multiple endings too. Yeah. With everything um, slightly different. Yeah. That's, that's something I wanted to say earlier with the all-star cast of comedy. Everybody comes from comedy. Every come, everybody comes from the same genre and like area of expertise that would have been so much fun to do. I would love to do something like that. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and one of my last notes that could go along with plot is, oh, the alternate endings. Right. So, so good, and yeah, I, I just love them. Yeah. So there's uh, there's one show. If you ever get a chance to be in this show, um, you sh- you really should do that. Do it. It's, oh, shoot, I'm blanking. Uh, <laughs> I forgot the name of it. It's um, one uh, I am El Dolfo um, with uh, ah, the ah, I I don't remember what it's called. I can't believe that I that I don't remember what it's called. Um, but um, oh my gosh. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> there's there's a show that I yeah, I'll keep a look eye out for yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I haven't been in it, um, but some of my friends have been in it, and and they do that. They they do multiple endings, mm. and they they do it from a certain point. Like in Clue, um, if you're watching it towards the end, Tim Curry, this character, I forgot his name already, the butler, he shuts off the the power. And at that point, that's where the endings change. That's yeah. where they start filming the, the different endings. Um, in this play that I'm talking about, um, they, uh, they do that from a spit take. So there's a, mm. there's a spit take one character into the other character's face. Oh. And so then they do multiple endings. And for each ending that they do, <laughs> they start right at that spit take. Again. And so it plays off. It plays off really, really well. Mm. Um, I can't believe I don't remember the name of that. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing that they kept saying in there, communism is a red herring. Do you know what a red herring is? No. A red herring is, is a distraction. It's something that, that you throw out there um, in order to in, to throw throw somebody or something off of your scent, so that way you can do something else. I see. Um, oh, it's often used. What? What is that? Oh, I see what they did there. It's a red herring, and then they really used a red herring to throw other people off with the way that the endings happened and yes. all of that. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, it bothers me that I can't remember the name of that show. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, stage person over there, you don't have a phone on you. Hand me, hand me my phone real quick. I'm going to look this up while Anakin says a little bit about his feelings about the ending here. Yeah, um, I I enjoyed these. <laughs> I enjoyed these endings. Um, <laughs> I can't. I I don't really have much else to talk talk about them. Um, the drowsy chaperone. That's what it's called. Drowsy chaperone. So yes, my uh, I don't. I wasn't in it, but uh, some of my, some of my friends were, and one of one of my dear friends, Brian, and mm-hmm. you've you've done a show with Brian right. before. Uh, it's Brian, funny actually. Yes, he he played Aldafo, which is which is this this um, great character and and probably the best character in the show. But Brian always gets the good roles. He played Jekyll and Hyde, and yeah. he played Phantom, and or Raul in Phantom. So he, he always gets the good roles. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Um, 
so that's it. That's anyway, that's what I have for clue. Did you have anything else with that? No, I'll, all I have left to say is I really enjoy this movie. Me too. Me yeah. too. It was, it was a lot of fun. Looking forward to watching it again. So mm-hmm. we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to finish up. Stick with us. We're almost done here. That's it. Thanks for listening to The Barnes Boys. If you have any thoughts or memories about this movie or have a movie suggestion for us, you can tweet us at BarnesBoysCA. Again, BarnesBoysCA. Now tune in next week as we bring you Lethal Weapon, a fun action buddy comedy. And you're a big fan of those, too. Mm-hmm. Our theme music is written by Ryan M. Barnes. You can visit him at www.silvertooth.org. <laughs> you can visit me right here at my house, too. <laughs> have a great week. <laughs>